Welcome to the Fellowship College Podcast. It's football time. <laughs> well, that was a direct quote from the queen of Fellowship College herself right before we started recording. I just want to point out that our intros into the podcast have slowly turned into Josh doing normal intro, followed by some type of random remark, and then audible <laughs> laughter in the background from Ailey every single time. I'm sorry. No, I love it. We that's should just record the whole thing and put it on a loop, and it's oh, just no. like, that's just hit that, boom, that's our intro every time. Oh, boy. I basically only do those intros to get Ailey to laugh. Good, 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 good. So... Well, we're back with week three. I have no clue when this podcast is being released. Um, but as Ali said, it's it is football time. And so hopefully at this point in the in the fall, the Hogs have won all of their games handedly. People are probably gonna be talking about them winning the whole thing at this point. Is it okay to pray for that to happen? You can pray for that, but I'm just, I'm not saying God's going to answer that, but you can, you can pray for y'all. I got to tell you something. Okay. Oh, here we go. My sophomore year, I was in our fraternity house downstairs. We had this big watch party because we were playing TCU away with this big, like drop down projector screen thing. It's like kind of middle of the day game. And so people have been, you know, primed. They've been kind of partying the whole time. Things are getting rowdy. We go in to a couple of overtimes against TCU and everybody is losing their mind. And when we're two overtimes in, uh, we TCU has like handily driven down. They're about to kick a field goal to win. And I, for about, uh, it's less than a year at that point, like six months maybe, I just, I'd been like actually walking with God. And I'm standing on this bench in the middle of everybody screaming and I literally pray. I'm like, God, help make them miss the field goal. Oh. We freaking blocked the field goal, descended into another overtime, and everybody went wild. Oh my god. And gosh. that was like, I was like, oh my gosh. God is real. It, not, well, I knew that, but he listened. <laughs> god loves me. He listened to oh my god loves the quote unquote oh silly prayer. Did our block win that game? Yes. It was awesome. Eileen, you can. You can pray for that. Thank you. I'm really glad that you told the world that. The world and 10 of our listeners. <laughs> we have more than that. Yeah, I think so too. Dozens, Isla, dozens. Okay, you're right, you're right. Thank you for sharing. Ooh, big. I think God answers big prayers and, and small prayers. That's right. Like you're at a busy shopping mall at, at like, a t- like a tough time of day and you desperately want a spot. I say, I say go for it. Shoot up a prayer, ask God and he might answer it or he might be telling you, Hey, what's best for you is a couple extra steps today. <laughs> you need, you need to take a couple extra steps today. You need to work on some patience today. Mm-hmm. And in a way he, you know, that's, that's answering a prayer as well. Yeah. A deeper needed prayer, which really is a great, great segue into what we're talking about today. If y'all been following along the last couple of weeks, we we've talked through very high level. Who is Jesus? If we've, if we want to know him better, learn how to follow him and become a part of his mission. The first thing we got to talk about is who is Jesus. We talked about how he's fully God and fully man, how those two exist perfectly together in one person. And then last week we talked about how, uh, how he's both Lord and savior 
And if you grew up in the church, we, we really dove deep into, hey, how that actually probably means something way, way deeper and better and maybe more difficult than what, than what you think it means. And so if you haven't listened to those, that you have to start there. So go back and listen to those first two episodes. And so now that we have like a foundation of who Jesus is, these next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about what it looks like to follow him and how do we become more like him. And so in order to do that, a very simple Christian-y thing that, that we talk about, but, but it's really important is these things called spiritual disciplines. All right. A lot of people hear the word discipline and immediately they're turned off by that. But I'm hoping by the end of these next two weeks, uh, you'll see it as as a good thing. So do one of y'all want to give kind of an overview of what what do we even mean when we say spiritual disciplines and then why they're important or what the purpose is? Yeah. Uh, spiritual disciplines. Um, I mean, you can Google it and you can find lists, um, of, you know, X, Y, Z thing. Um, but really the, and every list is so different. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, but these are, are practices that, um, allow you to, I, I guess, create habits that draw you close to the Lord and allow you to, um, kind of be shaped more like him. Um, you know, these are things like scripture memorization and prayer and silence and solitude, um, fasting, you know, things like that. Um, things we, we see in scripture, we see people modeling. Um, these are things that Jesus modeled, um, that allow us to, uh, pause and, and reflect and, and be with the Lord. Um, and, and things that, are not something that saves you, right? Like I think it's so easy to practice spiritual disciplines with a mindset of, oh, I need to be a better Christian. I need to look better in the eyes of God. And so I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Um, but spiritual disciplines, that's not the heartbeat behind it. It's its practicing rhythms that allow you to grow closer to the Lord, um, to learn more about who he is um, and be able to reflect that. Y'all have anything to add to it? Uh, yeah, just all of that pointing towards the goal of being formed into the likeness of Christ. Um, A lot of the disciplines that we're going to talk about this week and next week um, are all centered around uh, doing all of those things with the ultimate goal to, as we are drawing closer to God, we're becoming more and more like Jesus. So there's a lot of sanctifying things that happen there. Yeah. Paul says in St. Corinthians, he says, we all talking about Christians with this unveiled face. He's, pointing back to Moses, you can go, y'all go look it up with unveiled face are beholding the, the image of God or the glory of God. And as we're beholding, right, that's why we talked about the last couple of weeks, you know, who is Jesus? It says, as we're beholding this image of Jesus, it says we're being conformed into that image from one degree of glory to another. And so it's this process of like beholding Jesus and then becoming becoming like him, um, and so the like like they're saying the goal of spiritual disciplines is is spiritual formation, or to say it another way, the goal of spiritual disciplines is to uh, regularly put yourself in a position where you're encountering the presence of God, 
And through that encountering the presence of God, we are becoming more like Jesus. And so the the goal of spiritual disciplines, it, it's a means to an end. A lot of times we can view it as an end in itself. And that's where it gets really, really burdensome. Mm-hmm. And it starts to feel like a, a chore or a duty. Um, and in fact, when a lot of times when we hear the word discipline, we, we probably think of like this monotonous uh, duty. And, and hopefully if we see that it's a means to an end and when we actually start to understand what that goal is, it will be disciplines have the potential to become like a delight. And so um, you see the same thing when we talk about other disciplines as well. This is total side tangent, but I've started running again and I hate mm-hmm. running. I mean, I don't even know why I started it. I think I just started feeling like I was getting slow and sluggish and just like had a hard time focusing throughout the day and I wasn't sleeping well and then I wasn't eating well. And I was just like, I got to do something to just kind of get, get back in, back in shape. And so I started running and man, those first couple weeks were just awful. Just honestly, like miserable, I was doing anything I could just to like, just go one more step, one more step, one more step. And then something happens. And, and if there's any like runners out there, or if you have like started a, a some sort of like workout routine or, or anything like that, I, I think you, you've probably felt this where something kind of like clicks and changes and you start to see, Oh wow. Like I'm, I'm starting to see some of the fruit of this discipline. And not only that, but, some, it be, starts to become a little, little bit easier. Your, your body starts to adapt to it and you start to, to change. You're like, man, this is okay. This is a little, little easier. I'm starting to see some fruit of it. And that, that d- duty starts to become a little bit more of a delight. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same way in the, in the spiritual life, like with spiritual disciplines is that if you've never done any of these things before that we're about to talk about, Oh man, the first, I'm telling you, like the first couple weeks are going to feel so just like, it's going to be really, really difficult. And you're going to be like, what, why am I, why am I doing this? This, this is not enjoyable. I hope it is. But if, if you're anything like me, you're gonna be like, this is so sluggish and it's, it just feels like it takes forever. And then, but if you stay consistent with it, you'll start to see the fruit of it. You'll start to see your life kind of start to change. You'll start to even enjoy some of, some of these things. And so, yeah. And I would even say like, you start to crave those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Like after you get in this rhythm of per se, spending time in God's word on a daily basis, if you, if you go a few days after you really get in a habit of that and really start loving it of not doing that, I often find myself like, Oh, like I just, I need to just put everything aside for like an hour. I just need to read. Like I literally feel like I need to. And the same thing is with like you said, exercising. If if I get out of the gym for like a week, I'm like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I haven't moved the way that I'm used to. And I really want to do that. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a great analogy. Yeah. And so uh, like I said at the beginning, if you Google spiritual disciplines, you, you will come up with a list of anywhere from like six things to 600 things. And, uh, and 
most of them are pretty pretty good. There's no like set set list. And so for these next two weeks, we're only going to cover a couple of a couple of them that we find are are like really really impactful. This is not going to be a comprehensive list by any means. And we're going to take Dallas Willard's approach on even just breaking up the disciplines just just so we can have like an easy way to break it up into two weeks. And what Dallas Willard in his book on on the disciplines, if, if you want to read, read that, go ahead, read that. Richard Foster has a great book on spiritual disciplines. There's a third one that I'm blanking on as well. I bet if you type in books on spiritual disciplines, it'll come up. Um, but Dallas Willard talks about it as two, two separate things. He calls it the discipline of engagement and the discipline of abstinence. So he breaks the disciplines into two categories. One is engagement, things that you kind of add to your life. That's, you know, reading your Bible, praying, gathering in community, like singing or worship or, or some of those things, memorizing scripture. Those are, are disciplines of engagement. Like you're doing something, you're adding something. And then he has disciplines of abstinence, which is like to remove something. And those are like fasting, silence and solitude, uh, practicing simplicity. Uh, and that like, those are, you're actually removing stuff from your life. And that's, that's also a, a spiritual discipline. And just for fun, he said, he says that if you often struggle with sins of commission, basically you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. And you know that he said, you need to double down on the disciplines of abstinence. Like you need to start learning how to say no to yourself and actively taking away things. So like Mm -hmm. fasting or abstaining from social media or TV or whatever, um, or silence and solitude, like actually getting away from, from distractions and from things. He's like double down on those. If you're, if you often struggle with the sin of commission, like I do what I don't want to do. He says, double down on, on the disciplines of abstinence. And then he says, if you struggle with the sins often of, of omission, like as Paul says in Romans seven, I don't do the things that I know I should do. He's like, Hey, double down on the disciplines of engagement which is like, okay, start to add these good things in order to encounter the presence of, of God. So put in a practice of prayer, put in a practice of like reading your Bible, put in a practice of, of community and confession and accountability and, and learn how to say yes to, to the right things, to some, some good things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's such a healthy framework. We need both of them, Mm -hmm. but he's saying, he, he even says, if you struggle with sins of commission, like, oh, I, I keep doing this thing that I don't want to do. He says, you probably lean towards adding uh, disciplines of engagement because that's how you're wired. Mm-hmm. And he's doing. like, you need to do the exact opposite yeah. of that. Yeah, and so really that was very, very convicting mm-hmm. um, for me. And so let's talk about, today we're going to talk about the disciplines of engagement, adding healthy practices in order to encounter the presence of God. 
And so what are some of these practices, these disciplines that y'all have found helpful? Yeah, that's uh, whenever we're talking about uh, all of these, one thing to notice is that whenever you read through the gospels, Jesus is doing all of these. Mm-hmm. And so for us, practicing these is being conformed into his likeness. Um, and at the same time, Luke talks about, hey, as Jesus was growing up, he grew in knowledge and stature and in favor of both God and men. Mm-hmm. And you see him even in those early years, like Luke is the only one that really mentions it um, about how he was in the temp- or in the um, like synagogues, yeah. study, listening to the rabbis teach. He was immersing himself in the word, which is one of them. You see him all the time in the scriptures, getting out to pray, to fast, to do these types of things. And so he really is like the model for that. I'm, um, just, I'm laughing because I was just reading yesterday about how he basically like, ditched his parents yeah. in order to go to the <laughs> temple and he's like what do you expect i'm why would i not be at my father's house yeah at, at like a really young age i'm like almost was like a subtle rebuke his parents <laughs> mary and joseph were like what the <laughs> jesus <laughs> um but yeah one of the first ones that i think of um is the one that jesus models constantly which is prayer uh and prayer can you can talk about prayer in a lot of different ways. There's different ways to spend time in prayer. Um, but I, I think it's most, one of the things that sticks out to me anyway, as you read through the gospels, because Jesus's disciples literally ask him in the midst of him doing all this ministry with them. They're kind of just starting out like those three years, really doing a lot of things. Jesus is like, I mean, he's teaching like crazy people like, Oh my gosh, so much authority. And he's healing people and casting out demons and they're seeing all this. And then they ask hey, can you teach us how to pray like you do? Mm-hmm. And it, so you're like, what the? Like, whenever I read that, I'm like, why do you want to know how to do that? Like, yeah, don't you want to learn how to cast out demons? Yeah. And-, um, and and that's recorded multiple times in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus does that. And so whenever you think of the Lord's Prayer, if you grew up in a church background, um, that is Jesus giving the, this type of kind of template for the things that you ought to be praying for. Um, and it, there's multiple categories in there, but, but prayer in a holistic sense, I think is aligning yourself with God, what he desires, what he cares about, what his will is. Uh, and that comes through, um, prayers of like a lot of times we think of, um, intercession. So praying that God would do something in the world or provision specifically for something for us. Uh, but there's all other kinds of which literally just praying, like praising God for who he is. It's a lot of the Psalms mm-hmm. songs written that you can pray through. Um, but yeah, prayer is one that I think uh, oftentimes it can be like the most accessible to us. Cause it's like literally whenever, however, like constantly you can, if you want, but I know for me, a lot of times there's been seasons where it's like the least practice. Mm-hmm. Like I'm way more consistent in I'm going to spend however, however long reading the scriptures in the morning. And then I just like hardly pray at all, like through the day or it'll be multiple days. I'm like, oh, I haven't really yeah. spent time just like with God talking to him like that, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, with that too, we can, we can read scripture. We can um, practice other disciplines. We can be fasting, doing all these things, but prayer is spending time with the Lord. I mean, directly, like you are, you're talking to the Lord. And I love, like you were talking about Jacob, that the disciples asked Jesus how to pray because 
you know, I can, I can know all of these things about Josh, right? Like I can know all about his family. I can know all about like his like leadership qualities, all X, Y, Z. But if I don't actually ever talk to Josh, there isn't really a relationship between us. And the same thing goes with the Lord. You can know a lot about the Lord. I know a lot of people who know a lot of things about the Bible, um, but that doesn't mean anything if you aren't spending time with him and getting to know him and talking to him and pausing and listening and, and all of those things. And so prayer can just be a, just a really beautiful thing that I think we often, it's just easy to overlook. And, and I like that you talked about, um, you know, praying through the Psalms. I think, yeah, there are different ways that you can go about prayer. Um, praying through the Psalms is really cool. I mean, there are so many prayers in scripture. Paul has some really, really cool ones in Ephesians in chapters one and three that are just really beautiful that he prays over the the church in Ephesus. And, um, those are just, just Prayers that you can look to as a model, even um, Nehemiah's prayer in chapter one, um, as he's you know grieving and mourning, he's modeling what it looks like to be heartbroken and taking that to the Lord. The Psalms do that beautifully, and so even just taking some time and going through Scripture and finding these prayers and and reflecting them back to the Lord, um, that can be a really great practice just to see what other people in the past have done and how they've communicated with the. Lord. Lord. And then of course, yeah, you have Jesus, you have, um, the way that, that we see him speaking to the father in the Lord's prayer and in the garden of Gethsemane when he's his high um, priestly prayer. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Like mm. that, that's, those are crazy. Um, so I think, yeah, we can approach prayer in a lot of different ways. Um, it can be more structured. I mean, there's the acts prayer mm-hmm. that a lot of people have heard about, um, or it can just be like, Hey, Father, like, hey, Lord, you know, and and just talking to him when you get in your car or things like that. Let me double down and give our first hot take of the semester. Are you ready? Not only is is prayer so important, my hot take, and you can disagree with this, prayer is the engine of the of the Christian life. Mm. Prayer is is at the center of all the other disciplines okay and we can mm-hmm. we can fact check that as we mm-hmm. as we talk the next two weeks but I, I think I think that prayer needs to be accompanied all these other disciplines that we're going to talk about the next two weeks if prayer is not a part of them then we're completely completely missing out and so uh, I really do think that that prayer is like the heart of of the Christian life Um because prayer is is this direct line with with God. Prayer is is our conversation, our communication. Pray, God uses prayer to change us, as C.S. Lewis says. He says he says prayer doesn't change God, which we can talk about that. It, mm-hmm. it does, but his point is primarily prayer changes us, as Jacob says. It aligns us to what what God wants to do. Paul says some crazy things about prayer. Uh, he says multiple times that he like, he says, be constant in prayer, pray without ceasing. Um, and I don't think he's talking about like, oh yeah, you just always need to be actively praying. I think what he's getting at is that prayer is this recognition of humility and dependence on God. And when we have seasons, like Jacob is saying, we don't pray much. And I, I have those seasons all the time 
really what's going on is it's it's our pride that's getting in the way of saying i i'm doing fine i i can handle most of these things that life mm-hmm. has handed like like that's going on in my life on my own and i don't need god we probably wouldn't say that out loud but that's what we're saying when we when we don't pray because prayer is this recognition of hey i need help there's needs outside of me that that without god i i can't i can't accomplish or i can't do these things or like it's a it's a cry for help and i think what paul's saying when he says pray without ceasing be constant in prayer what paul's saying there is that you should always be recognizing that that you need help that on your own you you're not good enough you don't have the skills you don't have the strength that you need that you need help mm-hmm. absolutely some ways that uh, you can go about incorporating prayer into your life like Ali mentioned there's something called the acts prayer method prayer method uh, which is an acronym uh, it's ACTS which basically you pray through adoration so it's kind of like praising God um, just acknowledging him it's all of Psalms type stuff and then confession confessing sin to him what's on your mind what's bothering you what's making you anxious um, thanking him so gratitude for the things that he's given you uh, the things that he's doing in your life um, for who he is again and then supplication uh, which is that asking him to move to do things in your life to provide to do things in other people's lives um, whenever I first started trying to incorporate prayer as a constant discipline in my life that was actually the one that I like really latched on to just because it's easy to follow um, another thing that I've personally found helpful is uh, kind of taking like an, an old school route of the daily offices, um, which is just a phrase that means you setting certain periods of time throughout your day, every single day to come to God in prayer. So for example, uh, you might have a daily office of right after you get out of bed. I know a lot of people literally the first thing they do after they get out of bed is like just a short prayer of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then maybe you have one like if you have to commute to work or school while you're driving, that's an office at lunch. That's another office. And then before you go to bed. So that's like four offices mm-hmm. right there. It's just four designated times. They don't have to be long. It could literally be like one minute of praying, but it gets you in this rhythm of consistently going to God and relying on him mm-hmm. for things, which um, that's real old school for like hundreds and hundreds of years. The church collectively has done something like that. Uh, and I remember when I first learned about it, I was like, whoa, <laughs> that." okay, I've never done that, um, yeah. but it really is helpful. So those are just some couple practical ways to begin engaging in one of these disciplines. That's good. And like we said, you like prayer is at the center of a lot of these, these disciplines. And so when we talk about reading, reading your Bible as well, you're losing out on some fruit if you don't make prayer a part of it. One, one, one way that I've seen this done really well, I can't remember who told me about this, but they're called breath prayers where you literally take like verses in the Bible or even just truths you know about God and you turn them into these prayers and like you say part of the verse as you breathe in and then you finish the verse as you, you breathe out. Mm-hmm. So like Psalm 23 is like a, such an easy one. You say like, you breathe in, the Lord is my shepherd, <sighs> breathe out. I lack nothing. Like, mm-hmm. and you, you like turn, turn these, truths about God, these, these verses, and you, you can just take those throughout the day as you're walking the class, as you're driving to your internship, as you know, you're going about your day, as you're brushing your teeth, like whatever it is, 
Um, you can just always have scripture on your mind, but be praying it like to God. And so, um, like we said, prayer is, is the engine of the Christian life. We, we love the Bible. The Bible (laughs) is so cool. The Lord is so kind. (laughs) He didn't, he didn't have to give it to us. And so, but if we keep prayer as the starting point, we're going to get so much more out of God's word. And so let's talk about God's word because it really is, it really is so cool. The more that we, that, that we dive into it and that we see that, wow, God has actually written this, this collection of letters to us so that we could know him. And so how should we incorporate God's word into the Christian life? You know, <laughs> I was thrown off. Josh uh, is reading verbatim my notes on the uh, Google Doc. So, uh, yes, the Bible is so cool. So cool. The Lord We're is so, so kind. kind, and he didn't have to give it to us. All caps. It is in all caps. <laughs> um, hey, you know, we should incorporate it into our lives by reading it. Oh. Um, who would have thought? Yeah. Except the early church didn't do that. Oh, man. Whoa. You know. Oh, we could read it aloud uh, to each other. We could memorize it. We could sing it. I'm just it. kidding. We, we could, should read it. Yeah, we, <laughs> we should. should read but it. there are so many things you can do to interact yeah. with the word itself. Um, but truly, I mean, friends, we have God's word that has been inspired by him, that has been written down. It's been spoken through generations, and we have it. Literally God's will for our lives is in front of us that we can read, that we can learn about him. We can learn about the entire story of humanity. Um, we, we can learn about what it looks like to live an abundant life. We learn about Jesus in the early church and some crazy stories from the Old Testament about things that happened. And, and there's so much just rich history, um, incredible just theological insight and, and just so much in the Bible. It is the coolest thing ever. And um, man, I think it's just so easy to be like, man, you know, got to read my Bible again this morning. All right, let's open up to like a proverb or something like that. Um, But if we could just pause and be like, yo, Yo. this is crazy. Um, (laughs) Let's just do that today. Okay, both of you just have your... (laughs) Yo, have a moment. yo, exactly this is that. Crazy. Exactly that. Text me. Let me know what happens. <laughs> um, no, but uh, but yeah, there are different ways of approaching scripture. Um, there are different genres. You're not going to love every genre of scripture. Um, most people aren't a fan of the the first few books of the Bible because there's a lot of lists, there's a lot of numbers, there's a lot of laws that don't make sense to us. Um, the New Testament has letters. I mean, there are so many things within God's Word that if we sat down. And I think take take some time to to pause before you step into scripture. One to pray um, and ask the Lord to just align your heart to to steady you before you step into His Word. But then do the work. You know, if you are thinking, okay, I'm going to go read, I'm going to go read the letter to the Philippians. Um, before you start reading that go do some digging and figure out, all right, who wrote this? Who is he writing to? When was this written? What's some of that context? So that when you step into reading this letter, you better understand what's going on. It's really hard to open up the book of Leviticus and just start reading when you have no idea what's going on. He's mm-hmm. talking about killing bulls and and an altar and all of these laws and certain blood. days, lots of blood. Um, like, 
that's weird. Pause, get some background info, and, and then go and study it and ask, man, why did God want this here? Um, the Bible is cool. Uh, the Lord is so kind. This Lord is so <laughs> kind. He didn't have to give it to us. Okay, well, what are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, if prayer is the fuel of the Christian life, I think the scriptures are the framework for it. Whoa. Uh, being that you, so one of the reasons Jesus is so fervent about studying and knowing the scriptures, uh, one, it's part of their culture. So like that, that is going to be inherent, but to be able to have a framework for who is God, what has he done? How do I relate to that? And how do I follow Jesus? Which is, this is mm. everything that we're talking about. We have to go to the main thing that he has given us to learn what he is like, what he has done, which is all these histories and stories. And when you're in the first five, all these commands that he gave to his original people and why that matters for us. If you don't take the time to study that framework, then whenever you're going out in life trying to follow Jesus and all these different um, instances and things that happen to you in your life or things that pop up on a daily basis uh, come up, you're not going to be able to have like the right vision. You're not gonna be able to see things for what they are. That only comes with slowly over time, building the framework for the truths and realities about the world and who God is. And then what Jesus has to say about them, which then provides the avenue for actually following him. Uh, one of my favorite instances where Jesus is getting after the Pharisees, which were the Jewish religious leaders of the time who were like abusing their power. They're not leading people to God. Um, Jesus goes to the Pharisees who, um, oftentimes they were called, uh, like lawyers or lawyers. Mm -hmm. And so they're like experts in the law, which is the scriptures for them. It's who is God? How does he relate to us? What are we supposed to be doing in order to engage with him? And he tells them, you search the scriptures for salvation and yet you basically don't see me the messiah in them you don't know the law and he tells that to these guys who are considered the experts and they lose it oh yeah um like, but that's gonna kill this guy yeah literally <laughs> and um and that's because they oh, there's a lot of things that are happening but their framework was way off for what it means to relate to God. Uh, and there are plenty of large scale instances of groups of people throughout history. And even today who have certain beliefs about God that dictate how they quote unquote, follow Jesus or how they live that are very, very off and wrong. And it's because they are not consistently building the right framework. Mm. Uh, and so making sure that you, you're consistently doing that gives really the whole, just like the road to run on in the Christian life. So if, if prayer is the engine, then the, the Bible is our steering wheel. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. You get it. Like it keeps us on the road. He's yeah. Talking yeah. about that. Okay. No, anyway. That was good. That was Cause good. plenty of religions, pray. Uh -huh. In fact, probably most religions pray, but what direction that we're, we're going to go into, like we look to God's word of like, okay, here's what he's revealed to us here. How, here's how he's told us that this is the way that leads to the good life, to the abundant life. Here's the way that leads to me. Um, in fact, Psalm 19 is one of my favorite Psalms. It's about the Bible. It's about, it talks about the law, which, uh, 
was like the, the old Testament specifically the Torah. And it, it says the law of the Lord is perfect. It gives life to the soul. He says it makes wise, the simple, it rejoices the heart. It opens up the eyes. It lasts forever. And it's altogether good and righteous. He says in verse 10, you should desire it. You should, if you really recognize how good this word is, it says you should want it more than, than any money. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's more valuable than money and it's sweeter than honey, which rhymes, which is wow. cool. Um, but someone once said, I think this was John Piper, so <laughs> don't, don't fault me for that. But John Piper says, Hey, if I, if I paid you a million dollars, would you, would you read your Bible every single day? I pay you a million dollars at the end of the year. If you just read your Bible 15 minutes mm-hmm. every single day, would you do it? And 99.9% of the people would be like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And I bet you most of them would, at least the majority would. Cause it's like, yeah, this is a million dollars could change your life. You know what I mean? Like that is life changing money. Eileen could finally buy that house she's, <laughs> she's always wanted mm. with a million dollars. Like, of course, like most people are going to actually do it and actually accomplish it and get that million dollars. And he's, and he kind of Jesus jukes them and says, okay, well, God's word is more valuable mm. than money. If you spent 15 minutes a day for the rest, for the whole year in his word, that is life changing. Like your life will never be the same because you'll continue to encounter uh, like the creator God through through his word. And so the problem isn't our own discipline. The problem is that we don't understand how good and how valuable and how important God's word is and how it could actually change our life and is more valuable than money, sweeter, sweeter than honey. Man, I, Somebody needs to put that in a song. You could put it in a song. I am not. I will not do that. <laughs> we'll talk to Joanna. She'll put it in a there song. That'd be, that'd be awesome. For anybody who's wanting to engage more with the scriptures on a consistent basis, getting time in the Bible, one of the most helpful things that I think you can do, especially if it's hard, because you honestly haven't learned how to read a lot of parts of the Bible, which you actually do. It, like, it takes work to learn how yeah. to understand and read all of it, is find someone who's a little bit ahead of you in their walk with God who has done that Mm -hmm. and ask them to help you like just spend time reading the Bible together, ask them questions, let them be the person that you shoot questions to whenever you're reading. And you're like, what the heck is this? I have no idea what's going on. Um, because letting somebody who does understand help you get to understanding yourself will start to really bring it to life. And it can be really discouraging if you're just trying to do it completely on your own. Yeah. And just a quick resource for that, that, um, might be the only seminary textbook I've read that I want everyone in their in the world to read um, is How to Read the Bible Like a Seminary Professor by Dr. Mark Yarbrough. Um, he literally takes the first class that any person would ever take in seminary and he condenses it into this book and it just teaches you how to read the scriptures. You know, he walks through the different genres of scripture and how to approach them and um, what it looks like to, I don't know, not, um, you know, read, oh, you know, God will, um, 
you know, wings like eagles. Like, oh, you don't actually read that in plain language of, yeah, God has wings. But like he teaches you how to interact with scripture with the the metaphors and, and similes and, and that figurative language, but also, oh, this is a letter, so you approach it differently than historical narrative and all of that. And so it is so helpful. Um, truly recommend it to anyone it's a really good resource, which I think could even lead us into another um, type of, uh, not discipline, what, spiritual uh, formation practice, which is having community around us that can speak into that's a how discipline. we do these discipline. Thank yeah. you. That's the word. Y'all weren't helping me. No, I couldn't you remember said, the word. Oh, I did. You, you literally oh. <laughs> said the word discipline. You're like, oh no, that's not it. Oh, whoops. Oops. Um, All the words you said were correct. Okay, great. <laughs> um, which is having community around us that can help us in our walk with the Lord. Because when we do things by ourselves, man, it is so easy to get off track really quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. Community and community again, you're going to start to see that all these disciplines somewhat go together. And, and you realize that, wow, community is so important for my prayer life. Community is so important for the ways that I, I study the scripture for, for memorization, for confession, for worship, like for serving, like, wow, you see that they all kind of come together. And so having, having community will at least, at least help you along, along the way, um, and make some of these, these disciplines and practices like a lot easier, a lot more attainable and, and potentially more, more fruitful as well. Yeah. The uh, author of Hebrews in chapter 10, um, he be, or in the middle of the chapter, he starts talking about uh, basically the assurance of the fact that, Hey, because Jesus has done what he has done, he has been a sacrifice for us that makes us clean. And we can now come into the presence of God and have this ongoing relationship with him. Uh, he attaches because of this reality consider how to stir up one another to love and good works and do not neglect to meet together as some are in the habit of doing encourage one another and more and more as eventually we get to the point where Jesus comes back. Uh, and so I love that he actually connects the, the fact that we have been cleansed by Jesus so that we can come into the presence of God. Part of what happens because of that is that we have this community now together and it is like necessary that we spend time with one another, that we are encouraged by one another. If you just started following Jesus, I want to tell you right now, it's hard. Um, it is hard to be faithful to God in this life. He empowers you to do it, and it truly is the best life. Like It is the good life, if that's how you want to think about it. Um, and while you are doing that, you're going to experience hardship in it. It's on a personal level, um, on a, com a communal level with you know maybe... A, the culture around us just doesn't want us to do things that are in line with following Jesus. You need people around you to encourage you to do that. And also that's just as humans, that's how we're wired. Like we need deep relationships. Uh, and so continuing to be with people who are around you um, is like literally necessary to following Jesus. And it's attached to the fact that one of the things he accomplished for us is that we can have relationships like that with people. Yeah, that's so good. Um, and, and again, like we said, this is this is almost just a surface level view of some of these disciplines. It would take us a lot, a lot more time to cover to cover 
more of these disciplines, but, but go look them up like just a couple more for the disciplines of engagement, because we'll talk about disciplines of abstinence next week is, you know, worship and celebration, service, uh, confession and submission. And so, uh, when you, when you hear all those and you haven't been practicing them, it can be really daunting and burdensome to think, Oh my gosh, how am I going to incorporate all these into my life? Here's what I'd say. Start small, pick one of these disciplines. Again, I'd probably say if you haven't prayed, start, start with prayer and, uh, and try and add prayer five to 10 minutes into your day and and start to develop just that rhythm and that practice of continuing to go to God throughout the day. And then, and then add God's word, add, add some sort of Bible study, add some sort of Bible memorization. and, And again, bring people along with you and start small. Don't feel like, okay, man, my, my, all these pastors are reading their Bible every morning at 3.30 3.30 a.m. and You don't do that? And yeah, it's like, I grew up thinking, man, if I want to be like them, I got to wake up at 3.30, read my Bible for like four hours Ooh. and then and then start the day. No, I would much rather see someone that, that opens up the Bible for 15 minutes and then, but, but then takes that, that truth with them through prayer mm-hmm. throughout the day. I'd, I'd much rather have that over someone who reads for an hour and then completely forgets yeah. the rest of the day. This is a walk with God through his spirit. And so so if it's five minutes in the morning, if it's 10 minutes in the morning, great. But just try and take that throughout the day. Continue to practice the presence of God um, throughout the day. And I promise you, if you do this over time, you'll be blown away by, oh my gosh, wow. Like my mind is, is being transformed, as Paul says in Romans 12. Like, like my thoughts are changing, my actions are changing, my, my life is changing, the way I view other people is changing. I, I know God more deeply than I, than I did before. And it's a, it's a long road. All of, the, all of the imagery of the spiritual life of like sanctification is like of trees and of like these things that take years, if not decades to grow. And so there's no microwave for this. Like it's, it's going to take a, take a while, but as Jacob said, it is so, so worth it. And so again, I know there's a lot, um, practice just whatever you can. Tyler Satan says, pray, not as you want, but pray as you as you can. And so try to put that into practice this week. And until next week, grace, grace and, and peace. peace.